If you're a woman leader, possibly experiencing a transition, a promotion, job change, even a personal one like a divorce, and you want to increase your influence, your sense of empowerment, join us for our signature Find Your Mojo in Montana, four-day, three-night, all-inclusive workshop. Hi, I'm Chris Marie Campbell. And I'm Susan Clark. And today we're going to talk about how are you at dealing with change? Because there is a lot of change happening. Instability creates change. I mean, there's economic change. There is the, are we in a recession? Is there inflation? But there's also, could this could impact you personally in your job. Are there layoffs that are going to happen? Or it could be you're going to the airport to take a flight. The airline didn't have enough staff. And so your flight was canceled. Yeah. I mean, it's showing up in so many different ways. You know, I mean, even in little ways in our lives, we decided that summer would be a good time to do a cleanse, get rid of things like alcohol, carbs, sugar. Yes. <laughs> there And I, you know, it seemed like a great idea. But <laughs> honestly, that's a lot of change, you know? Well, and, and we're at the end of it and it's like, oh, how do we actually re-engage with in social worlds, eating this way. That's the real probably kicker. So change is, there are big changes, you know, really major life-changing things that occur. And there's interruptions that are also changes like the flight disruption or- Or even how do you, and this is one thing I've been noticing about myself, how do I treat myself when I end one task? And rather than taking a break and kind of- I have to get on a Zoom meeting or I work up right to the edge of the Zoom meeting, the next Zoom meeting, the next Zoom meeting. And I'm not giving myself, so I'm changing meetings, total context switching, but am I let, letting myself catch up to that or give myself a breather in between? Not no. so much. And you, this, that's a great segue into this because what you're really missing there, yes, the meeting is changing, but you have paid no attention to how the transition goes yeah. <laughs> between one meeting and the next, that transitional period. And it's really the same in that physical space as it is in a different type of change, like a job change or a, you know, a canceled flight. It's or even the loss of somebody. So many people, including myself, lost loved ones during COVID and, you know, couldn't be there with them. And now we're trying to catch up almost a year later and do some sort of ceremony. But of course, I cannot go because I had a COVID exposure and I can't threaten my mom and dad who are in their 90s. So I still can't go to that. you know. So here, that bigger change of the loss of my sister and the minor inconvenience that, well, now I can't go to the celebration that we were going to do because of COVID. <laughs> so again, you know, that's the change. But there's also, what do you do with the transition? And this transition is that psychological reorientation to now what? Here I am. And that, I think we often don't talk about that very much. And we definitely, I don't think, deal with it very much. I don't think we're really, most people are not aware that we think, oh, change, I should just get used to it. Like get over it, rub some dirt in it, whatever, go on. And really, we're not paying attention to this internal process that really William Bridges was the grandfather of change and transition. And he really broke it down kind of along the lines of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross too, that there's an ending phase, which is all about loss, saying goodbye, grief. And then there's this in-between phase where 
called the neutral zone. I'm not in the ending, but I have. I still don't feel like myself again. And that's all about chaos and trying to kind of confusion. And he calls it the wilderness. And then there comes a third phase, which is, oh, I feel like myself again. Mm -hmm. Like internally, I have adjusted to the new world. Yes. And it, right now, there's so much of that. Like I was even thinking, you know, I'm working with a client who has this incredible opportunity and it's exciting for her. It's like a, you know, huge. And she also loves and feels incredibly good about the work she's doing. And, and this so, would be like a move and a different role and a different yeah, place. And, and a different opportunity. And, and, you know, you can, I can really get for she's clear. She wants this, this opportunity and the chance to do this. And, you know, there's this part of her that's struggling with what there's, there's just all this other stuff that's going on. And it's like, it's probably this, you, there's some, you still have to deal with a loss, even though it's really what you want to have happen. There's still something that you're giving up to do this and that, you know, and so I think that's so true. So I just want to even make it like people choose say, Oh, I, I'm, we're going to have a baby, get pregnant. You know, you think, yay, we were we were pregnant. Now the baby has arrived. That's the change. And, but they're not realizing, whoa, I have to let go of sleep. I have to let go of my own body as a mom. And like, because I'm doing breastfeeding and all this stuff is happening. That would happen in pregnancy too. All these different things that are going on. There's even something that you so want. There is this sense of, yeah, but I'm letting go of what was before. And there was a lot about what one, it was at least familiar and mm -hmm. maybe I actually liked it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, I mean, and it's coming up right now because it seems there are so many ways in which the world is a constant state of change. Mm -hmm. So I think you really do have to look at, so how well do I not really deal with change? That's what we put in the title. But the tricky <laughs> part is you might be fine at that, but do you deal with the transition? Do you deal with what's happening underneath? What's inside of you, you that internal process of letting go and grieving what, even noticing what you've lost and processing your feelings around that. And then being okay and having compassion when you're in this in-between place. I mean, another good example that I love is when we moved to Montana. So we moved, we packed up the moving van, we arrived in Montana. And Susan, I would say your transition was like in a nano. You were like, great, I'm here. You felt really excited. Yeah. yeah. For me, for two years, well, one, I wouldn't tell people I lived in Montana because we were going to different clients. I said Seattle. And I would fly <laughs> back to Seattle when we were on a client to I'd coordinate my haircuts to get back there. Like I did not want to let go. I'd shop back in Seattle. So I was so like, no, I like my identity, my access to services. I couldn't find them here in Montana. I knew where they were in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So there was all this stuff that if I actually landed in, no, I live in Montana, I have to let go of who I am as a Seattleite. Mm -hmm. I'm a Montanan. And there was all this internal identity stuff that I had to work oh, with. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so interesting. And I know I have found this really helpful to think about and really look at what are you losing? What are you doing what, in a situation like that? And some of the things to think about, like, are you losing turf? Yeah, like uh, yeah. I was in control of something if, you know. You or, knew how to get everywhere in Seattle. I did. You're <laughs> right. I did. You didn't. And I, I oh, looked down my nose. And, yes, it was horrible. You know, uh, status. I was a Seattleite. I loved it. University of Washington, a rower, the Chris Campbell. You had status. <laughs> um, 
power or influence? Well, I had my intern, my network, all yep. my, all my peeps were yes. there. Relationships, yes. friends, the people you knew, memberships. You yeah. know, you were a member of the UW Rowing, you, yes. know, you know, the uh, Hall of Fame, various things. And know? I had a lot of business contacts, which gave yep. me influence and relationships and feeling like a member because I'd been at Arthur Anderson and Boeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The structures, you know, I mean, I can see, you know, like I think about, and in my mind, I think that structures and routines, like how are you putting that? Well, even like how to get my haircut, who to get my haircut from, when I put that in my schedule. Like it's a bigger deal to go fly back to Seattle to get my haircut versus go downtown to the Aveda Salon and get my haircut. I don't know about, with traffic, it's about the same. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to not give you that one, but you know, so, but yes. You know, uh, but even things like, you know, we have this small little airport here. We don't have as many, you know, we go right in Seattle, you, the SeaTac, it was a big airport. We could pretty much get anywhere we needed to go on one flight. It was simple. They were, okay, there were a few hassles, but for the most part, <laughs> it was, you know, pretty straightforward and yeah. not challenging to right. get used to having always know we're going to have a hop somewhere, yeah. you know, different. So, you know, maybe it's a, your own personal future. You have thinking about You've always had this idea of what, like for me, I, that was true when I moved away from Haven. Like I had a very clear, not so true in other times, but that particular move, it was like a huge, I had this whole future planned of exactly who what? I was going to be, what I was going to be, how I was going to be. I even talked to different people that I knew there, how we were going to be when we were old. Wow. And, you know, so it was a whole vision, vision, you know? And meaningful work. That would be another one for mm-hmm. me when you know, I made the decision to leave Haven to do something different. It's exciting, but it was like, well, I had really meaningful work that yeah. I could count on and I knew how to do. Control of my own destiny. You know, mm-hmm. um, anytime you take a different job or you go from one place to another, or, you know, it's like, whoa, do I, am I yeah. going to have what I need? So there's all sorts of things that kind of, it's important to look at because I think when you look at them, you can begin, when you kind of go through that list and start to, is this what's happening? You First, you really do begin to identify what is loss. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that can help you decide, what do I need to do to help myself? But I was um, thinking when somebody important to you, a grandmother or like my sister or people have lost their mothers, all these different things in, or they're both parents even in this last couple of years. And I think that's a real like, oh my gosh, meaning and relationship. And there's always this, I don't know why my parents are still alive. So there's always somebody ahead of me. Like I've got somebody on the front lines. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, how come I think that, but like when somebody, when you lose that, it's like, uh oh, there's just me, you know? And how do I, that feels like that whole, I forget what you were saying, but like, personal identity or personal future. Yeah. yeah. Those things get rocked and, and who I am. So that identity, again, back to an identity trigger in this world, who am I without them? And, you know, again, we're talking about this in that, like I said, that could be big changes. It could be you're in a situation where your company's downsizing and you're maybe, I remember when I was working for group health and there was going to be a big downsize and I was one of the, I may have, I think I would have been laid off anyway, but I may have chosen, I don't remember which it was, but I think I was going to be laid off. I I think as you were last in, so you're going to be first out in the layoff. And, uh, you know, even though I was like excited because we were going to be starting our work, I was also kind of like, 
wow, I've, I've gotten used to this. This is something I know. And, mm-hmm. and it was, and I couldn't help but, you know, in a layout, sometimes you can't, I don't know, maybe not everybody does this, but I must have failed. Like even yeah. if that, even there's in, something wrong with me. Yeah, you How notice could... I'm trying to explain that I was first in last, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And it's like, wow, all of that just comes in. And unless you, it's so easy to kind of try to override it, but also like, how can you just deal with, oh yeah, I am. This well, is Or ouch, this, ouch, is, hurt, this is hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so often I think we don't do enough even to support ourselves, but also our around us, we don't always support that organizations People. don't, or even family. Sometimes maybe one person is having a really hard time with a move or a decision to do something. And most people oh, just come on, get over it. Yeah. It's going to be great. You know, <laughs> as if that helps. It's yeah. kind of like, you're totally ignoring how I feel and trying to smush it out of the way versus. So what we're saying is one, you want to identify what is really ending because there are things that are ending, but there are also things that are not ending. There's things that are continuing on. Like even when we moved to Montana, I had you really solid, you know, and we had our, we had a solid business at the time. We felt really solid. We were coming to connect to new friends. We had, or we had friends and we were creating a closer relationship with them. So there was a lot of good things that were happening, but we can kind of brush all those out and focus. And even the other way is not to paper over it, but to collapse into the loss and get sucked into, oh my, the despair. Everything. Yeah. And it's kind of like, how do you make room for not over indulging in it or, but to give, like to acknowledge space space and, Mm -hmm. and also be with, but also be a part of what, what else might be coming. Um, uh, a friend of ours, he's actually since passed away, but he was, he, this was after my brother died. He was kind of wrote me and he said, you know, grief has no timeline. So you'll, you know, you'll be, okay, I've grieved. And then you're going on and then some, there'll be some resonance, some trigger that reminds you of a person perhaps that you've lost. And it's like, oh my God, I feel back in the pit of despair. And knowing that that it's just your it's a visit. You don't have to stay in there mm-hmm. and that you can come out. And I do think connection and engaging with other people when we're in survival mode, which change and dealing with the resulting transition can plunge us into, oh my God, I've got to survive. And then we're very protective. We're focused on me, myself, and I, my body, time, the environment, how am I going to survive this? Versus when I actually reach out and connect and realize I'm not alone. That's a huge part of one you're using on a previous podcast when we talked about passionate intimacy and connection. We were talking about the ventral vagal system, which is this part of the vagus nerve that connects the head, the eyes, mouth, heart, and how important it is to talk and process your feelings. And that helps you kind of chunk through this ending phase, the grief part of the loss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think one thing to say about that, which this is why, you know, don't get me wrong. Therapy can be a great thing. You know, at one point I was a therapist. So there's a time and place <laughs> for that. But what's beautiful though, about realizing that it's not necessarily about therapy. It's about being able to be with someone and share what's going on for you. Doesn't mean you can be in the present moment with that person and just have them listen and sort of be in that. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> we are now, and we just had a change occur in our podcast <laughs> recording. And we had to stop the recording and go take care of something urgent. And 
we forgot where we were when we actually <laughs> stopped it. So and we were trying to spend a lot of time recalling, where were we? And then we decided, why not use it? Because this is one of those changes. Mm-hmm. We could have spent a lot, or we could have just decided not to talk anymore about start all over again. But it was like, no, let's use it. What we're grieving is the the topic that we were just talking about. <laughs> we're in a bit of a neutral zone, which is a little bit of chaos and confusion as to how to re-engage. But we are- We are committed. We are committed. To, you know, <laughs> to figuring out how to best move on and talk about when change happens. And you know, honestly, even though we're kind of trying to make the most of this moment, you know, I was thinking, I think what I had been talking about is how sometimes you can just get so wallowed in a loss. And that if you can see it more as like, no, maybe somebody is in a, a great deal of pain, but if they can just connect to somebody else who isn't really, who's just willing to hold space and sit next to and, and show up, mm-hmm. like not just not be, you know, like themselves, themselves, because that doesn't help to just let someone drowned out there in the water mm-hmm. versus saying, I realized you're in a lot of pain and I actually want to do something with you. You don't have to be happy. We don't have to have a good, because there's good reasons why you're upset, but I'd love to just go share an ice cream cone with you. And I'll take a walk. Yeah, take a walk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can talk about Gilmore Girls or something completely (laughs) different than the topic, if that helps. Yeah. And so, in other words, it's not like you have to go join the person in the pit or join them in their their sorrow, but you can be there beside them and let them know they're not alone. Yeah. And that is such a healing. That That is, we were talking about that co-regulation in the, the Vegas system. That's such a, such a helpful thing for us to know. We are tribal people, we community. We like to know that we're we matter and that we're connected, even if I'm in this pain and you're just there with me. It is very powerful and very healing as part of the digestion and processing. You know, I think back to, I mean, this is, I think animals are the best at doing this sort of thing, but I just remember my first dog, Appy, short for Appalachian Spring. She was a Springer Spaniel, just a, just a, oh, I was just the joy of my life when I, when she came into my world. And at that particular time, I was healthy as moving around, running, doing a lot of activity. She, you know, she got a lot of activity. I got a lot of activity. They're kind of hyper dogs. Yeah, hyper. And, and I, I <laughs> and thought you, you were going to say, they're kind of hyper. But so anyway, back to, you know. <laughs> like Susan. <laughs> but when I got sick and was dealing with my cancer and was really quite sick, I remember I was like, I've got to find happy another home. And you know, what was interesting was you know, I, I was basically saying that because it was like, she's not going to get enough exercise. She needs way more than, Because uh, you, you know. couldn't really even take a walk, right? Yeah. And you know, what was interesting was Happy was like the best dog, nurse dog ever. Like I would get a treatment and I was literally knocked out in bed and she would lay there by the side of the bed off the bed until like the 48 hour period when I was actually supposed to be getting up to do something, (laughs) at which point she would actually start to pester me. And she never needed any more. Like she was just like, she didn't need more. I was the one who was actually struggling with letting go of the part of myself that could run, could exercise. Mm -hmm. She was actually helping me get there because she was like such a, just like, nope, nope, we're, we're not supposed to be 
working out. We're supposed to be, you know, lounging. And, you know, I've, I I just thought how cool that was, mm-hmm. that she was there beside me. And it was nice we didn't have to talk about how we were feeling. <laughs> and, you know, but I had that felt sense of somebody there. And she sure. was actually even co-regulating and, you know, supporting you, even when she was like, okay, now it's time to get up. Yes, you know? exactly. So you know, I uh, think that's why animals are so soothing to people that have ner- nervous system dysregulation is because they're so kind of constant yeah. and um, good companions. And they're, and they're not fixing anything. No. Because, you know, they, you know, they're just like, well, I'm here on your lap. <laughs> so here we are, you know, or uh, so, yeah, if we could learn something about that in our own being with somebody where they are and showing up, but not actually trying to fix or repair or, you know, make it better. Yeah. It would, it's, Makes such a difference. Being with. Yes. Uh, Another kind of aspect I just wanted to talk about is sometimes, you know, especially when somebody, something happens suddenly, like you get laid off, like you did at group health or I don't know, a big change that we're like, no, I don't want to do it. And it's that resistance to the change. Or maybe there's a new ERP system that you have to learn at work and you're like, no, I don't want to do it. Or somebody else's. What that resistance is really about is the sense of loss of identity in yourself or in your world because of the change. And it's, oh, I don't want to feel that disorientation of the neutral zone where I don't really, let's say the software, I don't really know the software or, oh my gosh, how am I going to find another job right now? I can't find a job in this market telling yourself that story and risk the risk of failing in a new beginning, like not being good at a new system, not being good at finding a new job or starting a new job. All those things can be, or even Caring with if you lose somebody important, how am I going to do this without this person who was so significant, a parent or a grandparent or a sister, something like that, that really supported you being who you in your mind and your being felt like I need them. So, so, and I think you're kind of moving into, you know, there's this stage of loss and then there's the stage of, you know, you can't, there's the saying, you can't get to second base until you leave first. So <laughs> yeah. at some point you got to go. <laughs> and when you're in between first and second, it can feel a little bit. Ah! Ah, you know? <laughs> so it is sort of like being able to recognize you don't know what you don't know yet. And so all you have to kind of really figure out what can you control? What do you have control over? And, you know, and, and what don't you have control yeah, over? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it can help to sort of, because sometimes you may need to ask for more information or sometimes you may need to, okay, I need to kind of at least make clear time when I am going to make contact with people because yeah. I know I'm going to, I'm struggling. So, so. get uh, organized support around yourself. Yes, you yeah. can do, you know, and it is sort of like identifying, you know, I think in some respects, that's what you did with the hair appointments. It's like I can, I can make sure I'm in Seattle however many times and I get my hair done because <laughs> yeah. that's familiar, but that was actually a, something you could control. Yeah. And it was, I think it made that transition yeah. Optimal. It's it like, did. No, I don't can, throw too many things. Yeah. I can hold on to this and that makes me feel safe. Like what can you do? What, what can you put in place? What can you control? What do you need to understand? What support? And what's this kind of in-between purpose? So let's say you get laid off and you're like, ah, but maybe once you get over the shock, it's like, Ooh, maybe I get to discover what I really want to do. Or like I get to start a garden. Like there might be a, like a little mini purpose before you're like, I got to find a new job. I know that. I mean, that was so true for us during the COVID period. You know, when we were going to be at home, we couldn't travel anymore. Everything changed. Mm-hmm. And, 
And one of the things that got in place was we were home for summer. So we got to have our garden, like, and it was a real little anchor of earth that to, you know, we're now in garden 3.0 and it still feels like this, like, this is, I'm so glad that it was something that we put into place. And the other, you know, for our business side, since work kind of dried up, it was like, well, how can we help people deal with stress? And so we did the new day. The morning show. The new morning show. Yeah. We did, we, and we did free presentations to different chambers all over the country for companies. And it was just a way to, and it felt very much like giving back. So it, it was a, a short-term purpose that was so on purpose. It felt really invigorating. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we're bringing in all this money, it was really meaningful. Yeah. So anyway, we're bringing this up because we do think there's just so many opportunities right now in our current world with so much change happening that it might be important to pay attention to how are you dealing not just with change, but really with the transitions. Yeah. And are you aware of the impact that's happening under the surface with all of In, this change? Inside of you. Yes. Because if you if you don't take time to process it, you can come up to a transition deficit and you're going to get really cranky or snap or you're going to be in that survival mode. So giving yourself the grace to process through what's ending, what's not, and can I talk about it and process it? And what do I need to control? What can I control? And what's not in my control? You know, what's in my, call it my queen. People say kingdom, what's in my kingdom? But I say, what's in my queendom? Because I'm a woman. (laughs) What do I have control of and what not? And understand, what do I need to understand? What support? And what's my short-term purpose during this piece? Okay, well, hopefully you found that helpful. Take care. Well, thanks for joining us. We hope you found today's episode valuable. If you want to take some of what you've learned on today's episode to the next level, check out our new step-by-step, easy-to-use team kit to get your team from avoiding conflict to discovering the beauty in conflict. Go to www.thriveinc.com forward slash team kit to learn more. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash T-E-A-M-K-I-T.